1: kick off and in fact well, will come to you first but um, obviously Raiders youths you stay away up north in Aberdeen so you don't really get to see them very much so do you still take a keen interest in them?
2: Yeah man, I, I uh, try and take as much of an interest as I can um, obviously look out for the results. don't see them in action much when, when we're allowed to go to games but we're not in these ridiculous times I'll always try and see them if, they, if they're playing up here Um but always look out for the results and see how they're all doing. Keep an eye on how the, the lone players are doing at the various different clubs.
1: How's, that? How's internet up in Aberdeen?
2: Ah, it's not too bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, well, yeah, um, obviously, we've done quite a lot of podcasts together and we've covered a lot of the youths. But seeing as this is the first episode on a brand new channel, I thought we would start right back at the beginning. And I wanted to ask you, how much did the youth set up change at Ockin under Gerard, and then obviously later on Ross Wilson?
0: Yeah, look, it's it's sort of gradually changed over the last couple of years, especially over the last year with Ross Wilson. You know, we've obviously seen a, a slight change to how, you know, the reserves have now turned into the B team. So the B team are pretty much part of the first team in terms of, like, the structure that's in place. And obviously the first team players, you know, can drop into the B team. As you saw this week, there were several players that dropped in. I think it's important that there's like a pathway from the A-teens to the B-team into the first team. Because before, it kind of felt like once they left the a teams, it was just like, if the players weren't going out and they were just drifting. And it was really difficult. So hopefully now, with the new structure that's in place, this should make things a hell of a lot better. And obviously, this season, Willie, how's COVID affected the youth? Yeah, massively. I mean, it's been difficult for the B-team. I mean, it certainly wasn't the plan to just have to play these kind of random friendlies from time to time. They were hoping to be travelling over Europe to be playing some of the best English teams. Um, I think they were hoping to get some invites to some big tournaments that would have really been a great test for the B-team players. So, unfortunately, it's meant that we're kind of restricted to what we can actually do at B-team level and under-18 level.
1: Right, okay. Well, you mentioned this, so let's jump straight into the under-18s. And before we kind of start talking about players, fixtures, uh, results... Tell everybody who's maybe watching this for the first time and doesn't take a lot to do with the youth swally. who's the youth coaches at under-18 level? David
0: McCallum's been there now for quite a few years. So he, he's basically in charge of the under-18s. Um, he was obviously part of a double act last year with Kevin Thompson, who did a great job. This year, obviously, you've got uh, Cameron Campbell coming in from the right to dream. Yeah, again, a kind of local he like sort of Wolves area, he coached up at Aberdeen for a while before moving on. Very young guy, you know, but he's he took some giant steps in working abroad. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but he did it. Now he's very highly rated and I think Rangers were delighted to finally get him in over the summer. Um, not the chance to meet him, unfortunately, due to COVID. Hopefully in the future we'll get to meet him and have a chat at some point because it seems like he's a very smart guy when it comes to tactics and football in general.
1: What's his role going to be then, Cameron Campbell's as assistant manager?
0: I don't know if they actually give them proper titles now to Boris. It's probably like a kind of co-head coach kind of idea. I think basically the two of them just get together and they talk about team selection, tactical awareness, all these things. So, yeah, I think they're kind of... It's a bit like in the B team with Kevin Thompson and Brian Gummer. They basically just like sort of co-manage the team. Mm-hmm.
1: Have you have you heard anything about him? Off up in Aberdeen, this Cameron Campbell.
2: No, not a thing. That didn't. That was news. I didn't even know he'd, he'd ever been up here. But then I don't get to do with that lot anyway. So <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be making some inquiries because I've actually um, I actually know the the father of the Aberdeen under 18s captain. So I well, was actually speaking to him today, so I'll maybe give him a shout see if he knows anything about. Him.
1: Aye. Ah, see, there you go. It's all, it's all about who you know. It's not what you know. You know Absolutely. Okay, so, have well, what can I start if under-18s made? And actually, I should ask, because I'm not sure how the, the, it's going to be the B team league structure-wise, but are the under-18s playing in an actual league, or are they just friendlies?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the plan for this season, is to try and get the league started and hopefully finished. Obviously, the month to month, or it feels like week to week at the moment, things are changing. They basically played a handful of friendlies, which it was pretty up and down. They started off with a victory against Partick 2 1. And then a couple of days later, they played Partick again away from home, which they lost 2 0. They then played Comarnock, they won 2 1. And then they went on a week and a 3 4 game streak where they just couldn't get the win. Drew 3 3 with Queen's Park, lost 3 2 to St Murn, lost 3 1 to Celtic, and lost 1 0 to Dundee United. And then, I think it was the last friendly game it was a 3-2 win against Queen's Park. No, sorry, that was the first league game. Apologies, that was a first league game. Um, so, it's been a bit up and down. But yet again, it's, it must be difficult because they're, it's like they've started and stopped and started and stopped. So, they've never really had the chance to kind of keep going through a sustained period of games, which I think has been disappointing. And it's like week to week, they're not going to know if they're going to be playing. Officially, this week, they're due to play Partick fistle away. Um, but, yeah, again, like anything could happen tomorrow, anything could happen on Monday, and then everything stops again. So, I think that's the biggest concern for the 18s this season, is they just don't really know what's coming at times.
1: Also, well, obviously, last season, or maybe it was the season before, we heard a lot about this UEFA Youth League. Yes. We've seen, I think it was Atletico
0: Madrid. Yes. Uh, played, is that still going this season? Yeah, that's going to be taking place this season. And um, yet yeah, again, because of the sort of travel restrictions and things like that, it makes it problematic. If you actually go on to Google and type that in the UEFA Youth League, you'll get some information on when it's going to be starting, when the draw is for the competition, etc. So I think once that's something running, it'll be great for the fans again. Hopefully, by that point, we're back inside the stadiums and we're able to go and watch the matches. I mean, I was lucky enough last year to get to one of the away ties against Bratislava. <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed it. It was great, you know. So I, I would certainly hope to do that again, you know, whenever the UEFA Youth League kicks in. Did you yeah, go that one well for
2: that away oh, game? I got, I got to the young boys when I was over for the first team game that we weren't supposed to be going to. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, that was the, after, the afternoon of the of the, the the same day that we played young boys right. in, in Bern so I, I went to the, the youth game as well. It was quite good. It just it struck me the similarities though between the youth team and the first team because the youth team threw away a good lead late on, <laughs> exactly the same as the first team are prone to do. So, I mean, I hope that's that's not a, a trend that we're going to be, you know, because I know that they're trying to get the, the youth teams playing similar to the way the first team plays. Yeah. I just hope that that's something they'll sticking an eye on as well because that, that struck me. They were 3-1 up and absolutely coasting and then just threw it away towards the end. We I mean, managed oh. to get through, with a two to draw home, but.
1: Well, you mentioned it there. Wolf, and I was actually going to come back to you because you went to that, that youth game. Was the youth team playing exactly the way the first team was playing? Was the tactics and everything similar?
2: More or less, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it looked it looked like they approached the game exactly the same. And um, as I didn't, I didn't get to see the, I didn't get to see the home leg when they drew two two at Furhill. um because I'm sure that was on. I'm sure that was just, that was. I think we were about another European game. Right. Yeah. Was was that the night before one of the other European games?
0: I think that was the night before we all flew to Porto. So you might have already been in Porto by that point. Well, that's why I couldn't see it. I was on my
2: way to Porto. That's why I didn't see it. So that's when it was. And I, I take it then, while well, that comes
1: straight for Gerard then that he wants, or maybe even Ross Wilson, that he, he, they want other youth teams to play
0: the same way as the first team. I think that's how most clubs are. I think mm. they want like a structure in place where, you know, if the first team play with two attacking fullbacks, then the B team should play with two attacking fullbacks, so that when you know when James Tavernier steps out of the team, that like Nathan Patterson can come in, mm-hmm. or if Bonabaris was to drop out, then James Maxwell, you know, was in you no know, position to come in. So I think it's important that as a club, there's a structure in place from the first team, the B team, the 18s, the 16s, down and down and down, so that the players understand what they're doing, because then when you move up to the next age group. You're still doing the same job you were doing previously. Mm-hmm. they have just going up a level, that's all.
1: Who's the up and coming kind of young players for the under 18s what well, we should be looking out for? In fact, before you answer that, because it might be a, it might be different, who's started the season well for them?
0: It's hard because we've not really been lucky enough to see that many of the games. We've obviously caught bits and bobs of the games here. Um I could really just look at the squad and pick players out that I think will be important mm-hmm. this year. Um obviously Charlie Lindsay's probably one of them. You know Charlie obviously came in over the summer for Glen Tour and a lot of top clubs were looking at Charlie. Thankfully, Rangers had the deal done quite a while ago, so there was no chance of anybody else getting him. He should be a really big player for the 18s this year. I'm personally a big fan of Harley Ewan. He's a centre-back. Powerful. Good in the ball. reads the game well. you know He's one that's moved up for the under-16s. He's a really, really, really talented lad and I've got really high expectations for Harley. You know, I think at the moment he might still be out injured. So I'm hopeful that he'll be back soon and everybody can get a look at him because I think he has got huge potential. And yeah, again, another one of those centre-backs that in the next year or two could easily be taking that step up to B-team football.
1: And what about that, uh, Leon King, the young boy? Has he moved up to the B-team
0: or has he still... Yeah, Leon's basically in the B-team now. I know he's only 16, but he's basically seen as a B-team player. It might be the club user maybe in the odd game. I don't know yet again because we're not really getting nah, the highlights. It's obviously really difficult to answer some of the questions, but Leon, in my eyes, will probably play most of the B-team games this season. Him and Kyle McClelland, Harris O'Connor, will probably play most of the centre-back this season. So, But, yeah, look, Leon's a special talent. I mean, I think anybody that's seen him play... You know, he's he's already built like a man at 16 years old. He's He can play centre-back, he can play central midfield. He's just a talent, you know, and I think it was great to see him training with the first team recently. That must be a huge buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I think this season, if we get a favourable draw in one of the cup competitions, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe Leon on the bench.
1: So, obviously, once all this... Uh... COVID stuff and all that starts to calm down and we can get back in to see the games. We'll be able to break down the games a bit more, tell you a bit more about how players are doing in each positions and stuff like that. But obviously until then, we can only kind of report on the scores that we see and the updates that Rangers give us. So uh, just finishing on on the under-18s then, Willie, what's the kind of next upcoming fixtures for them before the next time we speak?
0: Well, we've got Partick Fischl coming up next, this week. And then after that, we're due to play Celtic, I believe. Well, I think at the moment it's probably just a matter of taking it week to week. What I'll do is I'll try and put the information on you know, the website on Twitter and see if we can try and get that out as soon as we know it's confirmed. But at the moment, the definite game is Friday, tomorrow, Partick so away. And then what else? what else have we got? Because the
1: reason I'm asking is... In fact, I should have asked this before. See, anybody who's signed up to Rangers TV, are they showing the highlights for the Under-18s games? I don't
0: believe so. I think it's only the B-team games at the moment that you're it's getting B-team. highlights from. Um, I think basically with the a games, you're getting like the starting lineup, and then a kind of, full-time score, possibly half-time. It seems to kind of varied t- since they've started doing it. I would like to think now that the league is partially up and running, that we would possibly see more from the club. But, you know... I don't really know exactly what's happening. Um, It could be that because of COVID, maybe some of the staff aren't back yet. I'm not 100% guessing with that. But I feel at the moment, maybe some fans would like to see more for the club. They would like to see more updates, more match reports, more highlights. Hopefully that's going to come in the coming months.
1: Right, let's quickly move on to the B team then. And Wolf, I'm going to come to you with this, but Wally mentioned that obviously the B team coach is Kevin Thompson. Um, and obviously Kevin Thompson's got his own youth academy as well and well, for, every time you hear Kevin Thompson commentating on Rangers TV or whatever he always talks about what it takes to become a Rangers player so surely that can only help the young guys
2: Absolutely, I mean I saw a thing with Kevin uh, just, just, right, just before we came on uh, before we started recording um, about him being a, a charity ambassador because mm-hmm. uh, they've given him that role as well and he just the way that he talks the whole ethos that he's got for the club you know, he. I mean, he said himself. Look, he's. grew up supporting a different club. He says, but I love it here. He says the whole Rangers thing. He he gets it. He knows what it's about. That's got to be good for. You know, you like to think by the time the players are in the B team, they know what it's about anyway. If they've come mm-hmm. through this, if they've come through the ranks. But obviously the wee the wee guys that will sign like Charlie Lindsay, who I know was a was a Rangers fan growing up. You know that will come into the club at 16, 17, 18 year old. That'll maybe need a little look. This is what the club's about having somebody like Kevin Thompson there, it can only be a good thing. And he appears to be a really good coach as well. Well,
1: Wally, that's the thing. Um, I don't think when you watched Kevin Thompson playing, you know how you always say, you think he can become a manager, he can become a coach, he can become a scout or whatever. I probably wouldn't have pegged Kevin Thompson for a manager. I certainly wouldn't have pegged him for a youth team manager.
0: No, he's been very impressive. You know, very impressive guy. He comes across well when he speaks. And I think he's honest. You know, he's always going to be a Hibs fan. Mm-hmm. and I think that's fine with me because also over the years we've been told many times with many players I'm a Rangers fan but they're probably not so Kevin doesn't hide who he supports where he grew up who he played for but he gets the Rangers mentality because he's a winner mm-hmm. and at Rangers that's what we want we want winners on the pitch and Kevin understood that and he's very much like that you know in some of the under 18 games he would be the one to be shouting on the pitch wanting a wee bit more from the players you know telling them to get higher get involved in things and I think that's just the kind of character he is Brian Gilmour's going to be a little bit quieter, Mm -hmm. maybe more sort of methodical. You know, he's always watching the game, looking at the tactical awareness and things like that. I think that's where they're probably slightly different, but it should be a good pairing when you actually see the two of them together. How much kind of input does
1: Stephen Gerrard have into what the B team does? Is he in contact with Kevin Thompson quite a lot?
0: I would imagine that obviously the contact would be if anybody's going to be dropping down for the first team to play for the B team. Mm -hmm. Because... Other than that, the team pretty much plays the same way as the first team. Aye. There's not a huge amount of change on that front. So it might just be that maybe two or three days before the game, Stephen Gerrard says, look, I'm going to make Andy Firth available or Glenn Middleton available, or I'm going to make X amount available to you for this next game. It might be one, two, three players. And then those players will then be fitted into the system. But then it's unfortunate because then some of the guys that have been playing regularly for the B team then drop onto the bench. So it's trying to strike that happy medium, isn't it? Well actually Wolf,
1: um William just mentioned Glenn Middleton there. Are you surprised at the dropping, Glenn? Because obviously last season he was coming through and he was looking as if he was going to be an established part of that first team and now he's kinda of stuck in the B team. Um,
2: I don't know if I don't know if, I'm, if surprise would be the right word. Um I have seen Glenn a, a couple of times for the for the youth team for not long after he joined. and he he looked he looked he was too good for that level. But mm-hmm. then he came into the first team, and I didn't think he was quite good enough for a su- su- sustained—can't even say it—sustained running in the first team. I it's think, a think hard it's one, one he, for somebody to say, to be I've got that I live up here. I'm not from here. <laughs> <laughs> Missionary work. Um, so I just—I don't think Glenn kicked on. I don't—I don't think his loan spell at Hibs did him any favours, to mm-hmm. be honest. It was one of them. I don't—that didn't work. Didn't, they didn't, he didn't seem to fit Hibs, and Hibs didn't seem to fit him. And I think that knocked his confidence a little bit. Willie will probably know more about that than me. But I think that probably knocked his confidence a bit. And I th- I, 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 actually can't... It's sad to say, but I can't see Glenn making it with Rangers. I'd love to see it, because I think he's a cracking player. Mm-hmm. But the way things are going, he really needs to up his game, and I, I just can't see it, happening.
1: You are kind of along the same lines as that, Willie? You don't see Glenn you maybe know, making looks, that step back into the first team?
0: It's tough. Me and like, Wolf gets his spot on there. Glenn was too good for that level when he came in because he was banging in goals, he was creating goals, he was doing so much damage. That was why he moved into the first team because like, the level below it was too easy for him at times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then at Rangers, it's it's so difficult to get both the, like, the reserves of the B team into the first team without maybe having to go out and loan. That's why like Nathan's a bit like a, kind of, a special one because he's just kind of, moved if one to the other. It's not always that easy. You know, and Glenn's probably found that. And I do agree with Wolf. I think, you know, the Hibs loan's one that was probably the biggest disappointment. I think we all expect him to play reasonably regularly, and it didn't happen. And then he's come back, and it's kind of drifted since then. And I know he's still training with the first team, but it does kind of feel as though he's like a million miles away from a first team spot, which is kind of hard to say because I do like Glenn and I think he is a good player.
1: Right. And obviously, Graham Murray. He came in. He managed the first team. He put under a lot of pressure. Didn't do the greatest of jobs. But there wasn't really the support network there to help him. That's just my opinion, anyway. I don't think any of us expected us expected him, sorry, to come back expect, and manage the B team again. I think we all thought that he was away. But well, obviously now that Kevin Thompson's moved into B team, the the B team manager's role, sorry, what's going on? his role now at
0: Howie? He's basically like sort of overseeing it all. So he's like sort of sorting out the pathways of players. I think he's doing like a guidance thing as well. where like there'll be certain players that maybe they'll be took to the side and you know they'll work with them specifically. I think he also helps out with the women's team from time to time in terms of like sort of watching the training, seeing things that he can help. And um, yeah, again, like Graham's a great guy. I know mm-hmm. people give him a lot of criticism for what happened with the first team, but you know what? He's one of the nicest guys I've met. You know, a couple of times we've been to the away games to watch Rangers down in England. He'll come over and chat away. To you, shake your hand. Really nice guy. And by all accounts, he's a very, very good coach. Which, at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing for us at the academy, that we want good coaches teaching our players the best ability they can have.
1: You've also got to say, well, it's fair play to him mentality-wise to come back to Rangers after everything that happened.
2: absolutely is. I mean, I I expect him to step back down because he was, you know, to step back down to where he'd come from as a coach, but I didn't think he'd stick around this long. Mm -hmm. And he seems to have... He's obviously, got a very, very good reputation because he's now overseeing the whole thing, you know, as opposed to what he was doing before. He was just one of the coaches, mm-hmm. albeit a senior coach. But, well, I really think for you, if if that's what um, Graham Murphy's job is, what's Craig Mulholland's title? I mean, I've, I've got a lot of time for Craig, I can listen to the man all day, love him a bit. But, what's what's is he the academy director, or what's his? Like,
0: yeah, look, basically, I think it's like him and Ross Wilson obviously do a lot of the work that like, sort of keeps the academy going. They obviously do a lot of the recruitment side of things. They obviously make the decisions on players staying or going. So I think, yeah, like, so he's, almost, he's almost above the academy now. For all he's there watching games, he's, he's watching the players out and loan. He's not really involved in a hell of a lot of it now, to be honest with you. You know, like sort of Graham's basically there to do a lot of that work now. And Craig's kind of left to do things that are above that level. And he, I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of the things that they're doing now, with really, like these webinars, where yeah. they're doing, like, sort of one-to-one meetings, they're doing group chats. I think, like, Craig takes a lot to do with that, as does Graham. And I think that's become a big thing now, that, you know, they're expanding their knowledge and they're expanding what they actually do within the club. And, you know, I think it's, it's great moving forward that the club are looking to go higher and higher and higher, because at the end of the day, we want the best academy we can possibly have.
1: Ah, exactly. Now, obviously, um, as I've said, we don't have access to the games, so we can't exactly go through the games in any sort of detail. Obviously, once I, and I'll repeat myself again, once this COVID stuff starts to kind of disappear, obviously, Willie, I know you'll get back to as many uh, youth games as you can, but if you could just kind of run us through the kind of recent results
0: for the B team. Yeah, look, it's basically all been friendlies, apart from one, which was a Glasgow Cup tie. It's actually been a reasonably good start. I mean, they've played a loving games, Five wins, three draws, three defeats. So, like from that point of view, there's been a lot of changes as well. We've had guys like Glenn Middleton has dropped down a couple of times. Obviously, recently, UCB Dandy Fuff has played. But then we've some really young teams that have played as well, you know, for the B team. So, it's roughly started off with a 4-1 defeat to Dundee United. And then there was a bit of a break because COVID came no, back them. in again. And then we played... BSE Glasgow, that was a 5-1 win we then had a 1-1 draw with Queen's Park, 2-2 draw with Partick Thistle um, a 3-1 win against Dunfermline, a 3-1 defeat to Clyde, which I think on the day was probably one of our youngest teams I believe that played that day, Um, a 2-1 win over Albion Rovers uh, a 5-1 win against East Stirlingshire beat Dundee, I think it was more of a Dundee reserve team to be honest with you but beat Mm -hmm. them 2-1 a 0-0 draw by Queen's Park in the Glasgow Cup. And then most recently, obviously, just beat Breakin 3-1 a couple of days ago. So it's actually been a reasonably a reasonably good start. And I think the biggest thing to come out of this season is to see how many of these guys then make the step up to the first team next year or how many of them are going to go out and loan next year. Um, so that'll be the biggest thing for me personally. Because I think it is now important that we do start to see... One or two every year or two starting to break into the first team because that's what the academy is there to do.
1: Well, obviously, that's the way football's went now was bringing through your young players and getting them in the first team and getting them sold. But, well, see, for all the years that you've been watching Rangers, have we ever really been a club that's brought through young talent?
2: One or two here and there, but not not any. But I mean, if you bring, I mean, the way, the way I look at it for, for any successful academy is I understand the structure they won't necessarily come through with us. you know. But you look at teams all throughout the Scottish Leagues and maybe not not the Premiership, but the, kind of the, the next level down in England. There's, there's players that have come through our academy, a lot of all over it, which has got to be good for the reputation of the academy. Hopefully it brings in some money as well because they're, they're not all going to make it through the Rangers. I mean, if we've got a 20-team 20, 20 core B-team squad, you'd be lucky if two or three of them came through with us. Mm-hmm. But if a dozen or so make it, a decent career that's got to be good for the academy Absolutely. In, in my eyes Absolutely. you know there's been one or two come through come through. with us I mean back when I first started watching Rangers kind of early 80s there was loads of young kids came through but you didn't really appreciate where they came from they just—they were just in the team it's mm-hmm. only looking back on it you know you see guys and you know they came through whatever the, the academy was called then it's obviously more high profile now and there will, there will be some that make it through but Majority of them
1: won't make it with us, but they'll still make it right. So, on that topic, then, Willie, if you were to put 10 pounds on it, who would you bet on making it into that first team from the current crop of the B team?
0: I think Leon King's the obvious one. You know, I think he is he's got an unbelievable chance of making it at Rangers. Um, I still think I mean, I still look at James Maxwell as a B team player, I know he's out and lower at the moment, but I think James has got a chance, I really do. Um, there's probably another two or three that if they have a good season this season and they sign a new contract that could be huge mm-hmm. for their players because unfortunately there is quite a few players out of contract at the end of this season and that's going to obviously determine if they're going to be Rangers next year if they're not Rangers next year they're obviously not going to be part of the first team mm-hmm. so that's going to be a chat for another day maybe in January, February time It'll maybe be more, a wee bit more about who's going to get a new contract and who's not going to be Right, so just finally in on the B team, just upcoming fixtures, Willie. At the moment, we're not going to know until probably next week. Right. I think, unfortunately, a lot of these things because of COVID and because of the travel restrictions, the club are trying to work around who they can play, who they can't play. As soon as I know, I'll obviously let you guys know. We can put it out on Twitter. We can let people know what's happening. But as as of this now, it's not been confirmed. Hopefully, we should find out over the next couple of days. Right, well no. if
2: we Sorry, Martin. My, a final thing on the B team, is there an, an upper-age
0: limit on the B team? I don't believe so, Wolf, no. No, because basically Rangers are like sort of doing the B team themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think it's only the Glasgow Cup that will have that. So, is, that is that still uh, an 18? Yeah. The Glasgow Cup, that's the still 18, yeah. So I think it might be 20 or 21 now for the Glasgow right. Cup for us. Okay. But in terms of like the B team games themselves... Yeah, it could basically be any age, but we don't really have any of the older players now as part of the B team. A lot of those guys are out on loan now, but yeah, so, so it it's actually quite a young B team overall.
1: Right, now obviously because this is the very first episode, we've kind of packed quite a lot in there. Um, we're going to be doing this kind of once a month, because um, all we can do really is run through the fixtures, because like I keep saying, we can't get to see the games. So, um, I know, Wally, one thing you suggested that we do is we just pick one youth player that's out on loan. Yeah. We kind of have a wee chat about him. Now, the one we're going to just very briefly touch on this week, Wolf, is Stephen Kelly. Now, obviously, me and you pay far more attention to the first team than what we do to youth compared to Mr. Irwin. But Stephen Kelly has been a player that's been spoke about. That I think there's a lot of fans that expect him to break through.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean he, he had a fairly successful loan spell last season. Was it, I think it was the whole of last season at United? Was it yeah. United? I think it was all season, wasn't it, Willie?
0: It was indeed, mate, yeah.
2: Yeah, nice. He had a fairly successful season. And at least his, his latest loan, the way it's, it's working, he stepped up a level. Yeah. So he's now at a premiership club. And yeah, he's from what from what I can from what I, I can glean from the little I pay attention to Ross County, he didn't really start the season too well with him. But he's played the last few games. Um, he's had a cu- couple of assists, I think, I've seen along the way. Yep. I don't think he's scored yet. But he's had a couple of assists. And I believe he was man of the match for them a couple of games ago as well. So he's he's certainly getting the experience, which is what he needs. Right,
1: so then, will they give, a, give us a rundown on Stephen Kelly?
0: Wolf's um, pretty much spot on. At the start of the season, he was basically on the bench. Um, it's only the last three games that he started. Um, which is great, because as Will's as pointed out there, spot on, He said the two assists in three games. He's become quite an integral part of their team now, and hopefully that's a sign that he's going to be staying there for the rest of the season out with the Rangers games, obviously. I mean, Stephen's a talent. Anybody that's seen Stephen Kelly in action would tell you that. The fact the club have given him like, a couple of contract extensions since Stephen Gerrard's been in tells you yet again that they've got huge belief in him. And I'm hopeful that this loan... I'll be the last step before he comes back to Rangers and becomes part of our first team, because that's got to be the hope for Stephen, because he's certainly more than good enough. So is he quite well thought of throughout County and the night, then? Well, I mean, the fact that he's now starting games, you know, he, his first game was against Dundee United, a game that I was lucky enough to see some of the highlights of the game, and I thought he played really, really well. And since then, he's obviously played the last two games as well, so he's three games in the trot. But hopefully moving forward... If he keeps playing well, then the manager can't take him out of the team. If you get Stephen on the ball, Stephen will make things happen. And the one thing Ross Gowden have kind of struggled to do recently was score goals. Since Stephen's been in, I think they've scored in all three games. You know, Stephen's been involved in a couple of those goals. So hopefully the manager sticks by him and gives him a good run of games. Right, gents. Well, listen, I think that was
1: um, There's not really much more we can discuss at the moment. Covid's kind of knocked out well you've put plans, but Listen, that was the first episode we've done. There might be a few TV issues, especially with my intro, but listen, we'll get there. Um, For anybody watching, if it does manage to go onto Facebook, you can give us a like on Facebook and join my group, uh, The Rangers Rabble. And on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So, William and Wolf, thank you very much. Pleasure. Pleasure, Month. Podcast Network.